Cool 97 Radio. So we're going to move into we're going to move into our talk segment of the show Singles Live on the Nation Schoolest Cool 97 FM. If you're joining us via the World Wide Web, welcome. Mara, how you doing? Tanya, how you doing? Quite a number of individuals are converging uh, on Mixalar via the World Wide Web. And of course, for those persons who are listening via the radio, thank you so, so much for keeping Co97 FM in your air. A very serious topic uh, tonight. Um, a lot of persons reached out to me when I sent out the blast for tonight's show. And you have individuals who are grieving. Um, for many years because they have lost um, a mother, a sister, a daughter, a friend um, because of cervical cancer. And so a lot of persons are tuned in um, for this show. It's for some people, Dr. Hardy, it's a very scary topic um, because when they hear of cervical cancer, they think of doom and gloom um, and so tonight we want to educate the public both young and old men and women about cervical cancer so let me ask um, the big question what is cervical cancer well good evening everybody uh, on radio land and on the World Wide Web. Web, yeah. And of course, our in-studio crew. Mm-hmm. Cervical cancer. Well, it, it really is a cancer that is a malignant, a malignancy of the tissue of the cervix. But before we can go any further, we need to know where the cervix is. Mm-hmm. And the cervix is the neck of the womb. It is that part of the womb which projects into the vagina, which has its usefulness. You know, I guess the creator figured out how to do the design because we are able to access the cervix for both testing and treatment because of its location. Uh, as you had asked before, cervical cancer is um, cancer cells occurring on that organ. And these cells can progress from being on the surface to being invasive, to spreading into nearby organs or even distant spread as you could get in other cancers. Um, it is a fairly common cancer. In fact, it is the commonest gynecological cancer in Jamaica. And it is therefore a very important topic, and it is something that is also preventable. Mm -hmm. that, 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 that is what is so amazing. And part of the reason why the incidence here is still so high is that enough women are not doing their pap smears. And the pap smear doesn't prevent you from 
developing cervical cancer. What the pap smear does is to pick up the precancerous changes long before they happen so you could treat them and abort the process. And thankfully, cervical cancer is very slow growing. Mm-hmm. You, you could, it could take you anywhere from 1 to 20 years to progress from abnormal precancerous cells to developing a cancer. So you could very well have been treated long before you are struck with this malady and go along your merry way. You mentioned that it is very, very common. Um, it's a very common cancer. Um, and I'm going to you know, narrow it down to Jamaica. How common is it here in Jamaica? It's the commonest gynecological cancer in Jamaica. So if you're going to put it um, in between breast cancer, it is more common? No. No? No. Breast cancer? Breast cancer. It, it has actually slipped below breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, but remember, no, breast is not gynecological. Right. right? But yeah. it's, it's yeah. female. Yeah. It's still mm-hmm. female. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for this is simply because we now screen about 20% of our women. Mm. So if we could get that number up to 40 it would be the, the numbers would, would, would just begin to dwindle away because remember now we now mo- see more precancers than cancer just by screening that small number of people so if we were to double the, the amount of women we screen the numbers would fall away even more rapidly no, I, I want to ask this. Go I ahead, Ava. Ask a question. Um, what, what is stopping the number from rising? Ah, yeah, this, yes, yes. <laughs> that was the... <laughs> yes. Well, nothing is going to stop the potential to happen, you know. No, I mean the woman being tested. Being screened, right, yes. A lot of it is social and taboo. Um, maybe insufficient exposure to education Um, you know for example there's this myth going around that boy pap smear hot and all kind of things but even if the pap smear is hot and I tell my patients not when I do it it is it is more than worth you Discomfort, I call it. Dying. Yes. From cervical cancer. Mm-hmm. And it's a simple test. In, in fact, um, the screening test, the pap smear, which gets its name from Papa Nicolo, who was the Greek physician who discovered the test. That's how the name came about, the pap smear. You basically scrape the cervix with a spatula or a brush, Spatula is something that looks like a fudge stick. Mm-hmm. And you smear the cells onto a glass slide. You add some alcoholic-based um, fixative. And you examine it under the microscope, which may give you a report that it's normal. Or it might say severe or moderate inf- inflammation, you might have abnormal bacteria, you might see yeasts, you might see HPV changes, or you might see glandular cellular changes, or you might see 
cells suggestive of which are abnormal or any combination of all of what I just said. Mm-hmm. And that simple test, putting the speculum inside the vagina and taking that smear can determine whether you would die in a very vicious way or if you can get treated and go about your business just like anybody else. So the the question is, is it is it because of the cost factor and a combination of the fear factor why a lot of women are not um, doing their pap smears? I think, I actually think fear is greater than cost because you can get your pap smear done at the clinic. So, you, you know, the... You mean government clinic? At the government clinic, yes. The results might take a little long to come back, but... Um, Again, it is done. Even that, the timely results, is that a critical element in terms of um, I am, um, what I'm going to say is, um, it's not ideal, mm-hmm. but because cervical cancer is, slow, is so slow growing, mm-hmm. you probably would get by or get away with the results not being sent in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because I think that would be critical in terms of determining um, the degree of the cancer, how far it is to support that. The quicker you know, the better. Well, it's always it's always quicker to know, but um, the thing about it is that we're not talking about screening. So we're talking about now a large cohort of healthy patients or patients not known to have a problem or to another extent, people who are in the precancerous group rather than the cancers, which are actually the majority of what we find now, the, those who are in the precancerous group. So they are treated and, uh, and dealt with before they become a cancer. Okay. So that, that's how the screening actually helps. And this is why in large, in our industrial wealthier populations their incidence of cervical cancer is just falling away because they have good screening methods mm-hmm. they, they have gone to the stage where they can now not do the pap smear every year we can't do that nonsense because we're not even screening enough people what are the risk factors though to develop cervical cancer. Yes, to develop cervical cancer. Well, interestingly, cervical cancer usually doesn't happen to somebody who has never had intercourse. So you could say it is sexually transmitted. Which is the HPV virus. The HPV virus. Right. Uh, Remember now that... um, Could you, could you, sorry... HPV. Could you simplify what HPV is? Yeah, no, I, I, no, I will spell out what HPV is. <laughs> I, I don't think we can simplify a name. Oh, yeah. the, the human papillomavirus, that's mm-hmm. HPV, HPV yeah. is um, responsible for 95% of, of the cervical cancers locally. Um, there are about four strains of this virus. You have about 200 strains of the HPV, you know. Anywhere you see a wart, you're seeing HPV. And the warts might not necessarily, a wart on the cervix might not necessarily be 
blatantly obvious, in fact. You might not even see it with the naked eye. But like type 16, 18, 31, and 45, these are the commoner types of the HPV virus, because they are numbered. Because mm-hmm. there, there are about 200 strains of the virus. They are responsible for about 95% of our cervical cancers. Now, the thing about HPV, though, you know, is that you don't even need intercourse to get HPV infection. What you need is intimate contact. And this probably is the reason why they now recommend that even if you are virginal, we should attempt to do a pap smear on you by the time you get to 30. For the rest of the population, once you start having intercourse, that's one of the costs of having sex. You must do an annual pap smear. Okay. All right. So let me just turn my attention to a question that was asked by um, Davia D. She says, what's the youngest <clears throat> age should you screen? And I think Doc just kind of answered that for you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> once you start having sex, you are a candidate for at least an annual smear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a strain in the A lot of strain. M- yeah, but well, well, most of them are not um, cancer-forming for, say, the cervix. Mm. Some of them are involved with other cancers. Uh, some are benign in, in their behavior. Is there a, a common we can't hear. The, the listeners are saying that they can't. They cannot hear you, Ivor. I don't have a Jennifer. I was saying to you, um, is there a common HPV that you see, or mm. researchers see in Jamaican women? Um, most people with HPV don't get cervical cancer. Let, 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 okay. let, 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 let us get that out of the way. Yeah, that is good. However, you know. Strains 16, 18, okay. 31, 45 are the ones that are involved in, in most of the cancers of the cervix that we see. Okay, so number one risk factor um, intercourse. Yes. Then? Early intercourse. Early intercourse. Yes, early intercourse. And, uh, and I'll tell you why. The cervix early is still not fully mature or developed. So, you have these cells now trying to settle down. And then you introduce foreign genetic material, DNA, RNA, from semen, sperms, HPV, and they begin to undergo transformation. So, it, um, it does increase the incidence of cervical cancer in these people uh, multiplicity of sexual partners it increases the chances of you getting these HPV infections which incidentally is quite high you know. more than half of the population have HPV so sure. I guess we were going to stop having sex <laughs> no, 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 no. I was going to, I was going to ask <laughs> Good question. Yes, I like that question. Yes. And the answer to that question is no. Is no. No. Okay. And the reason for this is that 
the condom has pores, you know, and the HPV virus is smaller than the pores in the condom. Mind you, we still recommend as a preventative measure to use barrier contraception. So, you know, I, I guess you, you you take it for what you can get, yeah? You might get some you might get some protection from your barriers. More protective than nothing, I suppose. Let us let us go back a little bit and look at the um, the HPV um, virus, and it is said that um, it can also be found um, in the male. Oh yes, and 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 so are they the predominant? Are they the predominant carrier of 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 the HPV virus? No, I think it's equal. You think it's equal? Because, um, for example. Touching on the whole vaccination thing, you know, there's a HP, yes. HPV vaccines. Um, anyway, we're having problems with the supply chain situation where we can only get one variety of the of, of the um, vaccine. But that's another story. And um, in populations where there are a lot of resources, they vaccinate the boys and the girls, the pre-pubertal people. Yes. Because the key to the vaccination is before they start having sex. Well, a poor country like us, it is not unreasonable to vaccinate one gender. Because if you vaccinate all of one gender, it will, make, it will have an impact on the spread of the HPV. Unfortunately, though, our vaccine take-up rate is, is woefully mm-hmm. low. And it's free, or it's given to the people free. In fact, when I first heard that the government was going to um, vaccinate the schoolgirls, the first question I asked was who was going to pay for it? Because it's extremely expensive. So, you know, I, 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 I just can't believe that people are not taking up disadvantage. What do you, what do you say? Even from a financial point of view. What is education? Is it critical mm-hmm. aspect of it? Because really and truly, if they had the knowledge and or know that it is very um, critical that they get something like it's for their own benefit. Mm-hmm. Although it's that costly. I mean, education. Yeah, because David D says here uh, they vaccinate both gender in grade eight. Yeah, that's in the states. In the states, they vaccinate both gender, but we are very hesitant when it comes to um, to vaccines. We are very hesitant (laughs) until it starts to reach home and somebody in our family um, gets ill or die. Then we and we go and we read. We'll probably read. and understand what is happening, um, but this is the hesitancy due to um, lack of knowledge or inability to do our own research and read for ourselves. So we listen to all these propaganda um, 
not even read propaganda, but listen mm. on our social media. Somebody says something and you don't go ask an expert, consult your own physician. You take it as word and you run with it. And then you don't go compare um, women in other countries who have um, taken up the vaccine, what is happening into those countries. You look at the statistics, but we don't do that. We just run with the propaganda um, news item. You understand? And most of the time, these are just false, let me tell you, real false information, real false information. And maybe sometimes the person that you see giving this information is not even the person. Not even qualified. Not even the person. They use some fake face or something like that to be passing out these information. So we really need to do some reading. Read, read for ourselves, investigate, critically think about what is best for you. All right? Because so. one of the things we have found out is that, um, say, for example, you have a precancerous lesion, which we have treated. And part of the treatment, of course, is to vaccinate the person. But what we have found out as time has passed, because the vaccine is about 30 to 35 years old. Mm-hmm. It's not new. And what we are finding out is that even if you get a relapse or a recurrence, once you have been vaccinated, it doesn't get any worse than the first time that you biopsy the patient. Whereas those persons who are not vaccinated, the result, if they get a recurrence or a relapse after being treated, can be worsed. Mm-hmm. Sounds familiar, right? <laughs> Sounds familiar. Yes. That, that's how vaccines work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get a relapse, but which one is worse? Not to have had it or have had it and getting a relapse, which isn't so brutal to you after all. True. Well, older girls like me, I think we're eligible for that vaccine. How old are you? (laughs) (laughs) Let me, I'm just throwing that over there. Let me hear what um, Dr. Hardy has to say, because I remember having this conversation um, with one of my girlfriends today. Hope she's listening in. And she said that she thought that she was too old. Um, to get the, the, the HPV vaccine. And I said to her, why not have a conversation with your OBGYN and hear what he has to say? Um, she is not um, 30 as yet. No, man, she's fine. In fact, um, she's well, not 30 as no, she's not 30 as yet. One of the things that um, caused a little bit of um, discomfort with some patients is that um, depending on what they read they might for example go on a site that says the age group or the age range is 9 to 26 but if you read other um, sites and from other researchers they will tell you 9 to 55 yes so I'm sure you would qualify. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, um, <laughs> we want to get that out there. So we understand that. 9 to 55. Yes. Yes. If you are interested, speak to your OBGYN. The vaccination <laughs> is available. You may, you, at that age range, you're going to have to pay for it, though. <laughs> yeah, you won't be in school anymore. <laughs> 
and I think it is what two, 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 three. Do, three? No, no, it's three. three. Yeah, it's for adults. I mean, for adults. The, the youngsters, the schoolgirls get two doses. Okay, they get two doses free. Yes. And and when you come out of school, even no, if no, the two for that age group, the, the, the two is. Is, is the dose for eternity but if you are older mm-hmm. then it's three shots okay okay o- over a, over a six month period okay after that you don't need any more would they need any more shots well so far 30 odd years on there is no evidence from the distributors mm-hmm. that there is any need for a booster okay mm-hmm. and, and uh, as i said before it's a work in progress they're, they're accumulating all of this data as they go along. But up to 30, 30 years, there still has no been any reason why you need a booster. Okay. Okay, good. Let us take a break. Singles live on the nation's coolest. Cool 97 FM. Tonight's topic, cervical cancer. The symptoms, the cause... And of course, later on, we're going to look at the treatment of cervical cancer. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Cool 97 Radio. Singles live on the nation's coolest Cool 97 FM tonight. We're talking about cervical cancer. Dr. Milton Hardy, OBGYN, is with us. And before we took this very short break, we were talking about the risk factors of cervical cancer. So let us move back into that. What are some of the other risk factors? In terms of um, causation. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So we, we, we already mentioned um, sexual contact mm-hmm. or Early. Shall I say intimate contact, early, mm-hmm. early first intercourse, mm-hmm. plenty of children, more than five. Mm-hmm. Multiple um, partners. Multiple, multiple. partners. Mm-hmm. Or a partner who has, has multiple oh. partners. <laughs> yes, sir, only positively. Uh, <laughs> cigarette smoking. Boy. Yeah, there seems to be a link between cigarette smoking and cervical cancer. You mean the person who smokes? Who smokes? Second-hand smoking too is yeah. has been implicated. Wow! So uh, lifestyle habits. Lifestyle habits. Um, poor socioeconomic situations, and I guess the education would be a spin-off from all of that. Mm-hmm. So poor socioeconomic would be the fact that most people may not be aware mm-hmm. that they can do a pap smear at the clinic for free. Exactly. Yeah. And so they don't do it right. and they don't do a follow-up because they feel that they may not be able to afford. Yeah. Okay. And you must know the result, you know. If you don't know the result, you never did the test. And some people definitely do it and never, and go, and back never go back because of fear. Yeah. Because of fear. What about um, a family history? Yes, previous, um, previous. First of all, you having a history of having had a previous abnormal pap smear. Sexually transmitted infections. Um, if for whatever reason your immune system is down. All of these are, are, are risk factors mm-hmm. for the development of cervical cancers. And uh, so a fa- let us look a little bit at the, the family history. So 
if I if I'm coming from a, 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 a family that has um, not only may not be cervical cancer but other cancer, am I at risk for cervical cancer? Indirectly, you know, because ge- your genetics have a lot to do with what conditions you will go on to develop. Mm-hmm. So from that from that point of view, I, I would I would certainly say yes. Okay. This is autumn cervical, but generally, if you if cancer is hereditary, um, it's most likely that you would have persons within the family would have the same thing. I'm just asking. Um, would, would be susceptible. It's to a cancer. nice question, but um, I, I'm not sure if we're saying it correctly. Okay. In that. Um, for one to really say that um, a cancer is hereditary, you would really have to be pinpointing the same cancer. Okay. However, I understand where you're going. And some people, their genetics may make them susceptible okay. to developing malignancies. Okay. So by extrapolation, you, uh, you, you could say yes too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, let me throw this question out, read the vaccine. If you take the vaccine, can you still get, and the person say it, but it's cervical cancer? Yes, you can. So you should, just like all other vaccines, you know, and I, 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 one of the things that I, that I get um, flustered about with the vaccines is that it's all a numbers game, you know. It's which number is better. None of the vaccines are cure-alls. But what is better, to be vaccinated or not vaccinated? That's, because that's what ultimately is going to be what is important. If you are vaccinated against cervical cancer by taking these vaccines for the HPV, your chances of getting cervical cancer will be far less than if you never had it. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the numbers. Okay. Got you. So, we mentioned the screening earlier. Let us look at the signs and the symptoms. Okay. Sometimes there might be no sign or symptom. You might be picked up on a pap smear. Yes. However, and and this is usually advanced disease when you get symptoms. Mm-hmm. In early disease you may have no symptom so it is important to go and do your your, your pap smears this might lead your this will lead your 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 physician to either send it to the gynecologist or if it's done by a gynecologist he would be able to do further investigations on you in more advanced disease though you may have abnormal bleeding you might have bleeding with intercourse you might just have a foul-smelling, bloody discharge, which may be acute or chronic, which doesn't seem to be going away. I mentioned bleeding with intercourse. And you can bleed with intercourse. No, bleeding with sex um, raises red flags. Even though most persons have no cancer of the cervix, because they bled with intercourse. Some of them do. 
So you need to find out which ones are these. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have painful intercourse. And of course, your other symptoms might be dependent upon um, the organs that um, the disease had spread to. For example, suppose you have a cancer of the cervix and it penetrates the bladder. You might start passing urine through the vagina as well. Or feces through the vagina if it has penetrated the rectum. Or you could have, if it's advanced enough, you could present like any other cancer patient with advanced disease where you lose weight, you lose your appetite and you get malaise. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the, um, as you're saying, that the symptoms really start to show up when things start to really get, I mean, those symptoms, things start to really, in a Jamaican term, really get bad. You might have swelling of the legs, and I want people to listen very carefully to what I'm saying. It is usually not equal on both sides. So if you have swelling in your limbs, and one of them seems to be bigger than the other one, there is even greater urgency to check it out. What swelling on that leg for my hands? No, we, <laughs> no, we, 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 we know why yours happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 I want to be the devil's advocate. I'm going to ask that. I think this, I know this question might be stupid. Mm-hmm. Can a man, based upon sexual intercourse with a woman, she has survived cervical cancer, can those cells be transmitted to the, the cancer herself? Um, that's a nice question, you know. You can't get those cells from her. But? But the HPV virus seems to be the connection between cervical cancer and prostate cancer. (laughs) (laughs) Story gets interesting, eh? That is the link. The prostate. The, yeah, the, so the, the... No, the HP, the yeah. virus. So we're, we're, we're learning as we're, we're, we're going along in the show. <coughs> yeah. So, so they both have a connection. Yeah, there's a connection. Yeah, there's a connection. But we don't, we don't, we don't hear that. Um, a lot, um, Dr. Hardy. We don't hear that. We don't. That is not being um, oh, put the out public. there in the public to say that hey, there's this virus called the HPV virus that is responsible. Mind you, know, let us not get carried away now with the HPV virus because. Different strains of HPV viruses are involved in other cancers. Yes, yes, yes. You know. But this HPV virus seemed whether it, it, it is um, the different strains seem to be one of those little what do I pesky um, viruses that is a pests. pests that is <laughs> that is causing cancer. There are lots of cancers that are caused by a virus. Yes. In, in fact, the the big thrust now in in terms of cancer treatment is gene therapy and immune therapy. Mm-hmm. Immune therapy, yeah. Because if if if, if you can um, mop up these viruses with your immune system, 
That's one way of dealing with the problem. Strengthen your immune system. Can you do it to a level where it will be all powerful and overpowering all of these viruses? We, no, we, nobody we, knows. We have to try. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. So, 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 yeah, that's so, so. <laughs> We have to try. Um, another question um, for you, Doc. How regular should you do a pap smear? All right. This is a very good question. Um, in some of the um, richer countries where they have good screening programs going on, they will tell you that the figures from the actuary says that it is not cost effective to do it more than once every three years. No, we are not in a position to make that kind of statement. No, we are not even screening the numbers we should be screening. Cost effective to whom? The individual or to the government? To the government. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm glad you said it and not me. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, my thing is that if you can afford to do it, you should go and do it. Independently? Independently. Okay. okay. Um, but um, as, as, as uh, the point I was making, though, is that um, we, we can't be screening 20% of our population and talk about every three years. We, 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 don't, we haven't gone to that stage yet. These people have actually dropped their numbers. So they can actually now spread out the time. Okay, another question. You, you, you did yeah. that. You haven't asked the age group that it's common instead. I'm going to ask you that, but because these questions are coming in, I want to throw them at you. So th this question came in and it says, I've been doing my pap test yearly from age 20 until last year, and it is normal. Should I continue to do it now that I am not sexually active? Um, and this is coming from somebody who I think um, um, has like lost their, their, their husband. I think she's in her mid-50s. No, well, even though some, some researchers will tell you that um, if you have had a, a normal pap smear uh, up to age 70, you probably could drop it. And I say no, and I'll tell you why I say no. Because the pap smear, the pap smear might not change, but there's more to you than your cervix. And this, this is my reason why I encourage the patients to do their annual checks. Because mm -hmm. that might be the only reason that brings them to the doctor initially. But you find, you find that something else is wrong with them that it didn't even come about. For example, I, 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 I checked your cholesterol so on, my, on, on, my, on your pap smear visit. Mm-hmm. And your blood sugar level, your blood sugar. Are you, are you, yeah. Your breast exam. Breast exam, and yeah. So there's a lot more to you than your And cervix. your blood pressure. And your mental health. <laughs> So at, at least you get a chance to see the doctor <laughs> so at least see. once a year. Yes, yeah, so you get a you get a nice good checkup. <laughs> All right. That, yes, another question coming in for you, Doc. Um, 
and I, this is something that we just I'm just going to recap because the the listener wants to hear this does the pap smear actually detect the cervical cancer yes it can okay you can get malignant cells yes but we don't want we don't we don't want to get there we want to get you before you get there mm-hmm mm-hmm okay <clears throat> all right let me see if All right, okay. This is just somebody commenting and says, Big up to Dr. Hardy. I do my pap smear yearly. I also do my executive profile. And they're saying um, the show is very interesting. I am not taking no chances. And so she does her thing on a yearly basis. So the big question is, and you had mentioned it before, <laughs> what age range is um, more at a higher risk for contracting um, cervical, cervical cancer. cancer. Um, the peak time will be between ages 35 and 50. Yeah, that's why, why that age? Why that age? That's the age it happens. That, that, that's what the data shows. Okay. <laughs> um, well, well, I guess it will give you enough time mm -hmm. to have exposed your risk expose yourself to all of the various risk factors that, that we had mentioned earlier. Like, mm -hmm. like how we're living in the modern times, you know, and you mostly have these youngsters, like from the age, from the 16th century, who are sexually active. Younger than that now, ever? I don't know, I'm just... Yes, the statistics up, yeah. shows younger than that. It's susceptible to... Yes, because we're not talking about age of early age of first intercourse mm -hmm. yeah. and, and that tops the list in anybody's risk factors that you read and remember by the time you get to 35 not to mention 50 you would have probably had um, multiple partners if you start having intercourse at an early age I'm not saying that you do but I'm saying that the possibility mm -hmm. yeah Possibility is, is, is very high. Is, is, is there any literature that you would um, point parents or women and persons or the public to that can help to educate them? On, on um, <laughs> I can't think of anything offhand, but I'm sure mm -hmm. there are books that would speak to the the development and the functioning and the commoner conditions that would affect young females. I'm sure yeah, those there, we don't have a book. Exist. You have a little thing in your hand called a smartphone and you go on, you go on the, the certain sites, not all sites, but there are certain sites that you can go on to get very, very um, accurate information. So we do have information um, at our, at, as I say, at our fingertips. So sometimes you're expecting um, certain agencies within the public to disseminate that information. For those persons who don't want to use the information that, or go to the information that is on their fingertips, you need programs like these. Um, posters, billboards, um, and, and sometimes it's right there inside a doctor's office, these little pamphlets. Sometimes you go there and you see them, but nobody's really taking them up to read. 
either. In the clinics, you may have some little pamphlets there, but nobody's taking um, the time to read. So maybe, and this is just my suggestion, that when Peter says, does that call you hear a song on the radio over and over and over again, and you get to know the words, maybe that is what we need to do have these infomercials that is played on every um, station. Like, you know, there's something them that we play. Mm, <laughs> mm, mm. Okay. Those features. Yes, yes. yes, so a part of those feature package should be um, awareness um, to something like a cervical cancer and the other non-communicable diseases. So it is played over and over and over. And not until certain time of the month, not until we're April, yes, yeah, cervical, cervical cancer, cancer awareness month. So you don't, it is continuous. <coughs> so when when there's a detection and saying that is malignant, is what surgery? Or, mm -hmm. uh, We're moving into well, that. It depends on the extent of the disease, mm -hmm. because there is after you get past a certain stage, it's no longer surgery; it's radiation and plus or minus chemo. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think the Cancer Society tries, but I just think they are under-resourced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the wait time is also a, 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 a factor. You mean for the cancer to, to, to do a wait time for the, the actual pap smear, based on maybe the, maybe the amount of persons that are going there also. And once again, you had mentioned earlier that the time that you wait for the results... Yeah. Um, for some persons can be mentally um, tedious, right? And because there are individuals who really and truly want to know as soon as possible. Um, so, Doc, after the slides, after you have done the pap smear and you have found out that they're abnormal cells, mm -hmm. are there any further examination that occurs and what is this examination like? Okay. There are a full battery of tests that one has to do. First of all, you have to biopsy the patient. You, you need, you can't just now make a decision on a pap smear. So you, you need some tissue. But before we even get to that, there's a more in-depth examination which goes along with this smear. And you're really screening people to get up to the next level. Eh? So based on the extent of the abnormality, or once there's an abnormality, you have to do you're supposed to do colposcopy on the patient. What is colposcopy? It is a more detailed examination of the cervix using an instrument called the colposcope. And the colposcope is a binocular microscope where you get to examine the cervix in greater detail. You first stain the cervix with acetic acid or vinegar because the normal cells and the abnormal cells will show different features with this stain. Mm -hmm. You then stain it with iodine and the abnormal cells and the normal cells will have different features on staining mm -hmm. with this stain. So you will do your biopsy. And your biopsy will guide you as to what you're going to do further on. For example, suppose the biopsy comes back um, pre-cancerous. If you are 
not satisfied that you have captured all of it, then you could do a loop excision as another procedure going further down the road. Suppose it comes back now as invasive cancer. Well, you're going to now have to clinically stage the patient. Is this a stage one cancer, for example? Is this a stage two? Because once you pass stage 2A, it's no longer surgery, it's radiation, plus or minus chemo. Because one of it, you see, there are lots of important structures in the pelvis. So you might be here focusing on the cervix. Well, the cervix, the cancer, the cervix now spreading into other organs in the neighborhood. You have the ureters, that's the tubes coming down with the urine from the kidney. And that gets blocked up fairly easily. It can invade the bladder, it can invade the rectum. You get to the pelvic side wall, you're going further now into the sky, you might have distance spread. Whether it's by, it's by your lymphatics or by your bloodstream. So these people also have to get a chest x-ray. Yes, yes. Because if you have positive findings in the chest, no matter what you might think before, that patient is now a stage four. So, I mean, it's spreading to the entire world? Uh, yes, it, 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 it distance spread. So that is now a patient who needs chemotherapy plus, plus or minus radiation. And all of these treatments are expensive. We're not, we're not and, hearing you. <laughs> that, that's shouting out. The listeners are saying we're not hearing you either. No, I'm just asking if what percentage of chemo or radiation therapy mm-hmm. works? Okay, okay. In terms of the survival rate. Well, we measure measure survival time um, by five-year survival rates. And, um, well, if you have a pre-cancer, your survival, five-year survival is almost 100%. In fact, even if you have a, a stage one cancer of the cervix and you get appropriate treatment, that is radical surgery plus or minus radiation, your five-year survival could still brush 90, you know. But it begins to fall as the um, disease becomes more advanced. For example, the five-year survival rate, stage four cervical cancer is only 17%. You may be in the 60s, the stage two going to stage three. Are there success stories? Oh, there are success stories everywhere, you know. But these are not; these are these tend to be anecdotal. They're they're not they're not going to be the norm. You you basically fit into the band of statistics that mm-hmm. your stage of disease um, falls into. Mm-hmm. So early detection. Early detection gives you a, is key. A head start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As, I, as I told you, cervical cancer is preventable and to a large measure curable if found out early enough. Mm-hmm. So I want our listeners to bear that in mind. Um, before we continue, as the questions are coming in, I want to ask them so that um, 
and this says this is a question that might sound a bit strange but this is a male who is asking this question but I'm going to ask it anyway if a man has multiple partners and had sex with someone who didn't know they had cervical cancer can he transport that HPV to other ladies or share or is there any harm to the man in carrying that virus that's that's an easy question it's yes on all counts hear that yes on all counts (laughs) (laughs) boy let me tell you the phone is blowing up and he says get it loud and clear (laughs) and another one doc you're not going to leave her till midnight today Ask Doc what is cobalt treatment and if all cancers of the reproductive system can be treated with the cobalt treatment. Did, did I get that pronunciation? Co- cobalt, yes. Yes. That's good enough. Um, it's part of the um, whole radiation story. Um, where um, the patients get radiation by external beam. And again, this is going to be dependent on... Um, the, the stage that the disease is being treated. Um, radiation, now we must remember, has two facets. You have internal radiation where you put in the, the um, pellets with the radioactive material. And this lasts for about um, 36 hours. Uh, you're putting out an isolation area, resources again, you know. You might have two people in there getting the same treatment. Nobody else can be in there. Maybe a third one. Because, and remember now, the radiation is not only um, dangerous to the people who come in to give you care. You can't go and use that bathroom with the people who are in there getting their radiation. Mm -hmm. Or you will be affected by radiation, which has its own implications. And then after that, now that is removed, you have external beam radiation, like your cobalt, as mentioned by um, your participant. Well, you, you see how Ivan are looking at you? You're so quiet. You're so you quiet, quiet because I'm, 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 boy, I'm learning to understand to myself. So why would I complain mm-hmm. about the little pop smear? When compared to having all of that treatment, that may that that may, that may not give you what. Well, it depends on it, it, it depends, depends on, on this on the on this on, on 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 the state of the cancer. And what what we have to remember, you know, is that you're not only affected by the cancer; you're affected by the treatments. You know. These treatments are not. They're not straightforward, as, 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 as I'm saying them, you know. The radiation puts you in the menopause. It knocks off your ovaries. You might get narrowing of the vagina. In fact, some patients have to get vaginal dilatation after the internal radiation treatment. Because the radiation causes the vagina to close up. No, this is, a, this is serious business. 
and then just like with any other um radiation so so you're saying that radiation and chemo or a, a combination or one a combination, yeah, a combination of doc how yes, the combine how the body tolerates a combination of both well it's 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 dependent on your uh, immune system your strength you know where you're coming from you know you see what we have to remember you know is that um, these treatments as harsh as they might seem if you need them you need them or you're gonna die in a shorter time I don't like that word a shorter time you know the word. You hear the. You hear. You hear though. It's shorter time. So you know what that means. You're gonna die. Simple, hmm? but it, it it takes a longer time. Boy, Ivor. So you have a prevent all of these. Yes, things. yes, that, that which is, is preventable. That is what we're saying. Um, that it is preventable. Yeah. It is preventable. And, 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 and if we pick it up early, we can cure it. can cure. Oh. Yeah. It is. It is. And that is why we have so many individuals participating and, and, and asking the, the pertinent questions. Um, so outside of, of your, your radiation and your chemotherapy, um, what other treatments... Um, after you have done, say for example, Doc, you have done your 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 your, your, your is it you call it your course or your dose of, mm -hmm. of radiation and chemotherapy? Are there other medications that you have to be on for the duration of your lifetime? Me not talk about the holistic treatment. Me talk about medical um, treatment. Well, one has to pay attention to things like your nutrition mm -hmm. going forward. You know. Your psychotherapy, because naturally you're going to have um, psychological deficits based on what you have gone through. Your, your your life and your lifestyle would, by large measure, have changed. You, as, as I mentioned, financial strain, financial strain, strain. Yes. You know, you you probably are not in a position to work. So you have challenges now confronting the um, confronting the society in terms of who's going to pay for your care. Mm-hmm. Because it has a cost, you it's, know. It's Whether you pay for it or not, it, it costs somebody something. So I'm going to ask this question. This is this would have been um, one of Ivan's question to ask. Ivan is so quiet. Today. Yeah, he, <laughs> in terms of the treatment, effective treatment, is it offered in the public um, system? Effective treatment with all the chemotherapy, the radiation, the examination. They exist. The problem is with the sheer numbers of people who require treatment. So this again speaks to our resources. But the bottom line, you know, is early detection. Yes. Because one one patient, one cervical cancer patient, you know, can damage a budget, you know. Just one person. The budget of the of the institution. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So, early detection, early detection, early treatment, and early treatment. Um, you said that there are some um, cancers that are very evasive. Um, is is cervical cancer one of those cancers, and how is it? How 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 does it spread? And it is not, it is not evasive, because as I had mentioned at the beginning of the program, that we were designed that we can find where the cervix is quite easily. Mm -hmm. We can investigate the cervix quite easily. And to a large measure, if we detect diseases of the cervix early, they can be easily treated based on where we can find the cervix. All right, so I, 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 I have a question in my mind. I, I'm not sure if it's going to make any sense. So I, as a woman, I start out with, with, with cervical cancer, and it's spread. Can it spread to my ovaries? Yes, it can. And when it's spread to the ovaries, what does it become? Metastatic car carcinoma of the cervix. Because it's no longer primary, and the primary is the cervix. It has spread to ovary. It's not ovary spreading to cervix for you to call it ovarian cancer. Mm -hmm. That's where you're going. That's where she's going. Yeah, that's in my mind. That's what I wanted to, to clarify. No, I fully understand. It has spread to the cervix. It has spread to the, yeah, to the, ovary. to the ovaries. Mm -hmm. Bible, you want to ask any questions? No, <laughs> <laughs> no laughing matter tonight. No laughing matter tonight, people. Yeah, to listen, and we're saying to you that this cancer is preventable, it is treatable, and it is curable. I didn't know it was transmissible in the sense through the HPV that is prostate. Yes. There's a. There's a, a joke in medical school that mm. you, you hardly would see cervical cancer among nuns. Why? <laughs> because they take none of that, you know what? Right, so they take none. Ah, <laughs> oh, golly, golly. So... And the reason why we cry too that our HPV and prostate mm -hmm. uh, make you think seriously as a, as a male, as a man, you really have to think. Boy. I mean, you have to be more careful in terms of, well, the past and multiplicity of partners, you know, but you know, like the younger ones coming up, men coming up on a whole must be very conscious of these things. You know. I think they need to know. Because men are more stubborn and non-compliant than medically than women. You understand me? And early detection of prostate and these things is very critical. Mm -hmm. Not strange from the point, but they must handle them sex life like that. It has to be. It has to be. It's, 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 a, it's, a very, it's very costly in more ways than one. <laughs> so look around and look at the, at the cost factor. Doctor, let's look at the, at the, at the, at the prognosis. Um, and, and again, everything comes back to early detection and the stage at which you are detected. If you are detected early, you can lead 
a normal life. If you are detected in the mid-stages, you will probably also lead a normal life for a lot of your life. If you are detected late, it will be a very slim chance. A, a very terrible way to, to pass on. Mm. It, it's like I remember, you know, when I was a medical student, you could tell if a patient with cervical cancer was on the gynae ward, you know, just by the smell when you enter the ward. Whoa. You might not know it's who, okay. but once you step on the ward, you know somebody has, has advanced cervical disease. Wow. Because of the body odor. <laughs> I don't think it's no, body odor. No, I know. I just, I, I odor just from the, the arm. Body, I know. As a consequence of the condition. Right. In Jamaica. I just call it body odor. Yes, I fall. Because when you walk past, it's men. Boy, you know, Doc, no. I think we really and truly need to go out there. And have an education program in to, for, Break it down like this. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Break it down like this, how we have broken it down. Asking the, the, the simplest of questions, explaining um, to, 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 to the public in the simplest of ways. Because I am sure that if somebody really and truly, I, maybe this is the first time that, that someone is hearing mm -hmm. about yeah, the, was, yeah, about the, yeah. even the body order alone. Yeah. When you get to that stage. Mm -hmm. But he talked about bleeding and so forth. And people look at it and just brush it off. Um, um, as you might if, if eventually they will take it seriously because it's persistent. It's not stopping. It's and not it's, stopping. And it's getting worse. And then they might begin to feel pains. They might have back pains. And sometimes probably they might interpret it as a change in the menstrual cycle. Um, they want to interpret it that want, way. Yeah, they would love it to be that. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, but um, they, they still would seek help because the the symptoms are so severe. Okay. That that they would still want to go to the doctor. So they bleed continuously. They may. They might bleed with intercourse. But, but, they may have pains with defecation. They might have frequency of urination. They might have blood in the urine. Maybe, you know. But that come through testing to determine whether they're blood in the urine. No, they'll see. Yeah, no, they'll see. No, they'll see. No, they'll see Frank blood. They will see okay. Frank blood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. So that that little, um, what's it called? Fudge stick, as you yeah, call it. This little, yeah, the little, yes, that little quarter called Fudge stick. It's very, very important. <laughs> very important. I know I know, appreciate it more. I know I appreciate it more. Um, let me see another question. Let me see if it, another question is coming in. Everybody's saying, wow. Wow. Everybody's <laughs> saying, wow. Um, future. Well, let us look into into. I know we have the um, HPP vaccine. Um, we do chemotherapy, radiation. Are there any other? Asking about the holistic aspect. No, because some people believe. 
Well, we don't want to get to radiation and chemo. Right, we, we, don't, want, we don't want to get to that. We want to start by doing the pap smears. Yes, yeah, that's, what, that's where we want uh, uh, As simple as that, mm-hmm. we, we would go a long way. Yeah, let us drive that home. That we, this is what we want to have happen. We it's need costly. We need... I don't the pap smear, is, no, it's far cheaper than treating a patient. Okay. Far, far, far cheaper. cheaper. Um, in, in fact, it is not costly. In fact, it, it, it is effective, it's reliable, it's easily done, and it doesn't cost much. Okay. A pap smear is all of those things. And if we, I mean, almost your general practitioner, your OBGYN, the nurses the in the nurses clinic, in can, the do clinic can do a pap smear. But you must follow up on the result. Yeah, uh, or you never did it. Yeah, okay, you never did it. <laughs> it's not like um, you have some individual who you, 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 you do your pap smear and your doctor sends it out and they send it back to him and he picks up the phone and call you and said, okay, everything is looking great. Yeah. Come back, come back in 12 months. Come back in 12 months. Where are you? Your pap <laughs> do not come back here with her. do not come back <laughs> so you, you when you when you have developed our ladies and even gentlemen when you have developed a relationship um with your doctor it is it is very good um so develop brain. yeah to prevent because people that say prevention and whole jamaica knows that prevention better than cure and speaking of prevention no i mean we looked at the 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 how can we prevent it's the same story you the know. same story me just wanted to pap smear mm. vaccination barrier methods of contraception some people are not talking about nutrition People say vitamin A, B12, C, E. Yeah, because that those are the vitamins that builds your immunity. Yes. Yeah, so, so healthy yeah. eating. Food, what type of food gives you? Because it's not everybody knows what vitamin E. Your vitamin C, you know the vitamin. No, 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 no. no. But some people go and take a different kind of vitamin C, and that taking that vitamin C may cause. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No. (laughs) And and avoid smoking. You hear that? Avoid smoking. smoking. All right. So your vitamin C, you know, you, you well, we know we love our our oranges and our guavas. Yeah, giving some local fruits and your papayas. Uh, the vitamin E uh, come from must be the, 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 the fish. Well, that's questionable. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, the, the, nowadays they're saying that not all um, fish is equal. Yeah, yeah, I guess because of the. No, there's a, some of them talk about the mercury content and also the estrogen content. I don't know, I'm just learning as I go along. You, you know how Doc, Doc taught me about the estrogen content the last time he was here, and so I am listening. <laughs> yeah. You know you're aware of the mercury. Yes, I'm aware of the mercury. There's a worldwide rise in mercury in our seafood as a consequence of pollution mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so um right so you have to kind of hopefully we have some so good vitamin e you have some 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 experts who over the years have have questioned the authenticity of the vitamin e whether it is synthetic or otherwise 
I am not an expert there. I'm just what I have read along the way. Um, yeah, I, I, what I've read along the way. Whether they're real, is they're synthetic. And so they're, they're asking... I so. The, I, mean, I, feed, I just feed on the fruits that I so basically to build my immune system. Yeah, so... I get up every morning and I eat a mango. I drink water. That is good. But you have to watch the, the sugar content. Yeah. People tell you that fruits are good for you. Yeah. But, but. they're full of sugar. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that. So you have to watch that. No, I don't um, I eat one every morning. Right. Right, so what you're going to do, you're, 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 you're also going to work on your sleeping habits. You, you want to rest. And you want to take taking some sunlight, and then you want to consume your green leafy vegetables. Hopefully, they're not filled. Let me tell you this world. Hopefully, they're not filled with some. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to, I don't want people to kind of be ducking. Oh, you have to have it organic uh, as possible as as, as as possible as possible as possible. Um, but you want to you want to have. No, but, um, it's serious. If seriously, Doc. I mean. Eating your eating habits determine uh, I mean, how it, you prevent. It helps. It, it helps. helps. It helps. It helps. So you can continue to 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 drink your sour sop. Um, yeah, your sour sop juice and eat your sour sop and you can. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, those fruits. Good, good. Building your immune system. No, you don't need to add anything to it. You don't need to add anything to it. So those are some of the things. Exercise. Yeah, ex- moderate exercise. You don't have to go kill up. You know, you don't care, no? You don't have to go kill up yourself or swell up your <laughs> Whenever you play football, I'll come in oh, here and right. have a hide that I need here. So, because it doesn't be drawing in itself. But we're saying, though, um, moderate exercise and as 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 best as we possibly You can go for 20 minutes. Yeah, 20 yeah, minutes. Walking. walking. Yeah. You know, it depends on the person in terms of jogging because not everyone can jog. So just to walk, just to walk, um, do other things. Maybe you can do like you. You can rake the yard, sweep the yard. Um, little things like, in, like if you're here and you're in a building, instead of as long as your knee permits, instead of taking the elevator, take the stairs. Just keep it moving. Yeah, just keep it moving. Just keep it moving and breathing. I climb it and try not to. Right, and, and, and also deep breathing um, also helps. Keeping Try to keep the stress level um, at a remember, so I'm not going to say eliminate, you know, but at, at least at, at a particular level. Like Doc sent me something the other day that if you were to look in the circles, mm-hmm. if the, yeah, well, let me tell you something. When I first looked, I was fine. Mm-hmm. Then I started to cool. <laughs> and from from I started to think about what did, what you know the the makeup of the circle it, it moved a little bit and stuff. I'm like okay, the cooking and the looking at this phone is not working in my favor. <laughs> but it didn't speed up. It didn't speed up because I was in a good place that day. Maybe during the week when I had my several exams, I can tell you it must have been going very very fast. But. Um, we have to take care of ourselves, um, ladies, gentlemen. Um, yeah, yeah. Let me see. And, and, and you see, and what, what, what all about it is affect 
both male and female. That is the thing. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. It it is it is it is that, that seemed to be my theme. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you come you have to you have to make sure that you bring that home that it is not a, a one woman show. It does affect um your partner. It affects the family. Can you imagine a family and you have cervical cancer with one of the principles? That's a serious problem. It is. It is, it is. It is. Emotional all support, all kinds of support, Ivor, um, financial and otherwise. Um, and it takes a toll on persons who are caring for you emotionally. If you're not accustomed to doing that kind of work, mm -hmm. it's difficult to care for these people. You, know? mm -hmm. you get frustrated. You, 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 you could. You could. And then now, the, with the whole prognosis, you really and truly start to grieve from very, very early. It's like every day you wake up and you're not sure about the next day. And so it throws the family into... Um, it's a long goodbye. Yeah, that is the word. A long goodbye. A long goodbye. But you find persons who, are, who, who end up in a state of depression just by being around... Um, this individual yes 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 it is it it, it, it is it's this far-reached in terms of the psychological effects far-reached see one of the things um that is going to confront us say over the next 10 years is that we have a young population here. so we don't have a lot of people in this age group the, the 50 age group you know with all other people. Each year we have more. Mm -hmm. Since the population is aging, but we have a young population. So a lot of these things, we haven't really seen them yet, you know. Because we don't have enough people. Yeah, we don't have enough people oh. at that, in that age group. Mm -hmm. So that means there should be preparation by the power. There, there should be. Okay. And persons taking the, the, the making personal, personal preventative um, steps to ensure that we um, don't have what is looming and uh, and uh, 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 what you call it an epidemic. Or, yes, or, yeah. it, it, it will be mm -hmm. if we don't get the screening right. Mm -hmm. we, we must get the screening right. Then we will eliminate the condition. Mitigated. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just numbers. Just numbers. All right. Well, the clock on the wall tells us that it's time for us to wrap our talk segment. Dr. Hardy, is there anything that you want to add before we wrap things up? All, all I want to say to the um, participants do your Pap smears, take your vaccination, and keep your immune system going. Eat properly, exercise, and um, avoid risky behavior. <laughs> <laughs> that is so That's true. Yes, avoid risky, risky behavior. behavior. 
um, and if you can, if you can, and this is, uh, you know, I don't know how to say this to the younger women or, and even men out there, um, don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry. Yeah. Yes. Socioeconomic, what do you say? Oh, um, well, it helps to determine if you... Well, it will, it, it will certainly ruin your socioeconomics. Yes, it will. If you right. run into these conditions. And then, though, with all this information that we have uh, disseminated on this show, it is a good reason not to start having um, sexual intercourse early. No, definitely it not. It is a valid reason. And so, therefore, going into institutions, into schools, um, guidance counselor, just don't tell a, ch- a, 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 a young man or a young woman don't have sex because um, you, you're liable to get pregnant or contract a, a, a STD and STI. Show them some of these other risk factors. And, and my problem and trust- again is parental education because you can't depend on the guidance council alone in the schools. The parents must be also educated, to, must have the level of education that they can inform their child also. Because if the child hears it at school and come home and hear the same thing, they might, they might help my uncle at the turn. It go, let me tell you something, when Dr. Hardy spoke of in here, it is, it is a deterrent. No, yeah, yeah, the, the, the effects of it. Yes. What, what, say, what, what I'm saying is imparting the information to the child. You can depend on the school or the guidance counselor alone. The guidance counselor do it now. When you reach home, it's something else. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. something so it has to be a collective effort. Okay. That's the word. It has to be and a collective see, effort. Everything point to parental education in this country now. Every time you have a topic. Education. 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 Yeah. yeah. And Johnny, you're right. Um, some parents need parenting. And so they don't know. So that's why. So the cycle continues. And so we have programs like these. And then coming up next week, we're going to be looking at the importance of reading. Yes. That's what we're going to be talking about next week. The importance of reading and how it affects your relationship. Yeah. And I'm not talking about only the um, a man-woman relationship, but your relationships in general. Socialize. Yes, yes. Your knowledge base, how you interact, how you interpret. What information do you pass on? I read every morning. I get up every morning and I read different things. So I, I keep my brain yeah. active. Active. Yeah, because you have to, email, let me tell you something. You have to keep your knowledge base very active because you know, mm-hmm. and we have some youngsters who are asking some pertinent questions. <laughs> so you have to, um, you have to do that. Because if you're dumb to them, in a oh dear, they're going to get that information somewhere and it may not be accurate. That's the yes, yes. Again, we tweet. That's what I'm saying. It's it's you have to know the sites to go on. Doc, I appreciate you. I thank you so much for teaching us. Yeah. And I thank you for having me. For opening our eyes um, to some very um, critical information. 
our listeners are th- also thanking you. I've never uh, seen I was so quiet. When he heard about that HPV, <laughs> he was like, oh, and I am hopeful. So uh, I am, I'm, I'm hopeful that we have reached um, quite a number of our listeners who I implore you to reach out to others. And for those persons who have missed any of our shows, remember that you can go to cool97fm.com and click on the um, Singles Live podcast. This show, um, as long as Edson is up and running, will be up on the podcast by the weekend. So please share it um, with others. Um, Jenny here in Canada listening. Oh, that's Angie Angel says that she's in Canada and she's listening. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us via the World Wide Web. For those persons who are listening via the radio, we appreciate you. Thank you for making Singles Live another awesome um, show on Co 97 FM. Once again, Dr. Hardy, I thank you um, for your expertise and your knowledge. And I'm looking forward to um, all the shows with you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, erectile. Yes. No, I, I would let the urologist. The urologist. Yeah. <laughs> I think we 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 had that show, but unfortunately for you, you were not here. But um, the urologist is readily available whenever we need him um, to come. I never said <laughs> you missed that show. You missed that show. All right, Doc. We're gonna take a break. Cool ninety seven radio.